0: Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Just after I graduated from high school, someone lent me motivational speaker Zig Ziglar's newly released book, See You at the Top. Recently, as I began reflecting on the power of imagination, the single story I remember from that book resurfaced in my mind. I hadn't thought of it for nearly 40 years. That's some story. And Zig Ziglar swears that it's true. Here you go. During the Vietnam War, U.S. Navy pilot Captain Jack Sands was shot down, captured by the enemy, and sent to the Hanoi Hilton, the prison camp made famous by Senator John McCain. For seven years, Captain Sands lived in a five-foot square cell, largely in isolation. There was little to no physical activity or human contact allowed. What he did to survive these unspeakable conditions was to free himself with his mind. Over a long period of time, he imagined constructing an 18-hole golf course. He conjured every detail, green grass, unbroken blue sky, trees and sand and water, and all the sights and sounds and smells of the most spectacular golf course in the world. And when it was completed, he imagined getting dressed, hefting his bag of clubs, and setting out to play. Every day, day after day, year after year, Captain Jack Sands stepped out onto his golf course and played a full 18 holes. Stroke by stroke, he imagined the warmth of the sun, sometimes a light wind fluttering the flag at the hole, birds calling from a tree at the edge of the course. He imagined every fairway, every approach shot, every putt, and every swing was perfect. It kept him from going mad, he said, and this salvific power of the imagination would have been enough. In addition though, on his release, after no exercise, no companions, deplorable conditions, harsh treatment, in his first actual round in more than eight years, he manifested the reality he had created in his imagination, and his actual golf game had vastly improved. Can we conclude that our biggest strengths exist in our minds, waiting only for us to turn the key? Can we conclude that our biggest weaknesses, starting with the fear of failure, are also within reach of the power of the imagination? Extolling the virtues of daydreaming, Rosemarie Berger, associate editor of Sojourner's Magazine, writes, I've noticed about myself that when I'm desperate, I stare out the window daydream. The unrelenting beam of the computer screen too often occupies my eyes. The mind silts up with details, images, pleas for help, advertisements, and thousands of worthy campaigns for social change. Eventually, nothing can float freely in the stream of my consciousness. Everything is stuck. Life shouldn't be this hard, I think. And so I turn to the window. Rosemarie Berger calls this, getting back our gaze. The human brain, says artificial intelligence researcher Eric Mueller, is not made to process data. It works by matching patterns. Daydreaming improves efficiency, assists creativity, and regulates emotions. In this way, our minds create order out of chaos. It's our secret of survival. And this is not news. In 1149, the Benedictine monk Bernard of Clairvaux wrote of the necessity of resting the mind in God. In this kind of meditation, he says, that checks the inclination to lose oneself in uncertainty, gathers together that which is dispersed, penetrates into that which is hidden, replaces confusion with order, and discovers what is true. Rest the mind in God. A woman named Odette, a writer and Holocaust survivor, told this story to author Paul Rogat Loeb. Surrealist poet Robert Desnos is among a crowd of men who are driven away from the barracks to the gas chamber. Everyone knows where the truck is going. The mood is grim. When they arrive and disembark, everyone, even the guards, is silent. But this silence, says Odette, is broken by Robert Desnos who jumps into the line, grabs a man's hand, turns it over, and begins to read his palm. Oh, he says, I see you have a very long lifeline. And look here, you are going to have three children. He is exuberant. His excitement is contagious. And one after another, the men offer up their hands, and the prediction is for longevity, more children, abundant joy. Suddenly, the mood of both men and soldiers lifts Who can explain it? As Robert Desnos reads more palms, the inevitability of imminent death no longer seems inarguable. And so the soldiers, perhaps disoriented, are unable to go through with the executions. All the men are packed back onto the truck and taken back to the barracks. Robert Desnos was famous for his belief in the power of imagination. He believed it could transform society. And then there he was at the mouth of the gas chamber, making that wild leap beyond the world created by Hitler, that wild leap in the face of death to imagine long life and prosperity and joy. Robert Desnos saved his own life and the life of his comrades by the power of imagination. Imagination, writes Paul Rogat Loeb, is a form of generosity. It creates an expansive vision of what's possible and helps us recognize the fundamental bonds between us. It can free us from any bleak our rational minds may deem impossible to achieve. Imagination, writes author Susan Griffin, lets us view the world with fresh eyes. Sometimes it makes possible an unlikely transformation by restoring us to a new kind of innocence, one in which experience, no matter how dismal, is subsumed within a larger, more luminous vision. The gleam in the eye of those who have every reason to weep. In the southern Africa of the mid-1960s to the late 1970s, before southern Rhodesia was Zimbabwe, racist laws required black Africans to do all their shopping by presenting their money at a window and having their purchases passed out through the window to them. They were not allowed in stores. Artist and peace activist Vern Huffman is married to Majori Funk, who's a member of the Zambian National Dance Troupe. He heard this story from her, and he tells it. Activist Simon Capuepui saved enough money to buy a car, went to the window of a Land Rover dealer, and waved his cash at a salesman. Pointing out the vehicle he wanted, he asked that it be passed to him through the window. The salesman offered to bring the car to the gate, but Simon Kapwepwe insisted on the letter of the law. And as an argument broke out, a crowd gathered. In the midst of the fracas, Simon got into his car and drove it out through the window, bringing down an entire wall. And this was the beginning of the nonviolent uprising with the fabulous name Cha-Cha-Cha. So meanwhile, in northern Rhodesia, before it was Zambia, There were many followers of the teachings of Mahatma Gandhi. The heart of the rebellion was non-cooperation with the colonial infrastructure. But when the British named a new administrator for this colony, he was tasked with getting those unruly natives in line. And one of them, activist Julia Chichiamonenga, decided to organize a welcome party for him. Cha-cha-cha. She put out the word inviting the largest women to lead the welcome. And when the new administrator stepped from his plane, he was greeted by a vast sea of huge Zambian women singing songs of greeting them, each of them completely naked. He turned, got back into the plane, <laughs> and hightailed it home to London. That was it. Within weeks, Zambia was an independent nation, and Simon Kapwepwe of Land Rover Through the Window fame later became its vice president. (laughs) Cha-cha-cha. Beloved spiritual companions, with Captain Jack Sands, we can play golf in a jail cell. Stay madness and remember joy. With Rosemary Berger, we can get back our gaze and daydream. With Bernard of Clairvaux, we can rest the mind in God. With Robert Desnos, we can change the course of tragedy and invoke abundant joy. With Simon Kapwepwe, we can obey the law and drive a car through a window, bringing down walls. Cha cha cha. And with Julia, Chikia Monenga, we can drive away oppression with songs of welcome and nothing more and nothing less than our naked bodies. So may we invoke the power of imagination. Save ourselves and save the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, Please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.